Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. On today's show, Cody Zeller goes to the bank, Jeremy Lamb goes to the doctor, and we're answering your questions in preparation for Locked on Hornets Live tonight at 6 o'clock p.m. We're talking more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people talk all day. You are Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. That's you. It's official. You are in the club and you are listening to the best Hornets talk on the planet. Delivered week daily and really whenever you need it. If you are in the gym, if you're driving to work, maybe you're driving home from work, get Hornets Talk at your convenience when you need it. We'll always be there for you. And if you see Hornets talk talk out in the national media, if you see Hornets takes out in the national media, they are either terrible or they are from Zach Lowe or Kevin Pelton. It's it's really an, an either or. Don't take chances. Listen local and save your friends from bad Michael Jordan hot takes. Tell them to listen to us. Just say, search iTunes for Locked on Hornets. It, it could not be simpler. And we try to make it simple for everyone out there. Hornets talk every single day when you need it. And we've got a live show coming up tonight. Video on youtube.com slash locked on Hornets. Come check that out. It's a really fun time. We've got a huge guest, Eric Collins, play-by-play analyst for uh, Fox Sports Southeast and for the Charlotte Hornets. Huge guest for us. Going to be a fun talk. We are coming to you today from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. No David Walker this morning. He's getting ready for tonight. He'll join me. He'll join Justin Thomas from ESPN Charlotte. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, the fastest growing podcast network on the planet. I just saw where Locked On Podcast got a nod from Richard Deitch, who is one of my favorite journalists, podcasters on the planet. He works for Sports Illustrated, SI.com. He does the SI Media Podcast. Love that podcast. Great for sort of sports media nerds like me. But just to see the Locked On Podcast Network get a mention in by him in SI.com, really fantastic. It really shows how far this podcast network has come in such a short amount of time. So it's exciting for us, and we're excited that you are are here on this journey with us. Uh, it, it's really fun, and we're growing uh, faster than I can even believe. Uh, so it's, it's a really fun time here on the podcast. Um, Panthers fans, head over to iTunes after the show and subscribe to the Locked On Panthers podcast with host Steve Reed. A lot of 
sort of post week analysis can the can the Panthers get back on track after getting the victory at home against the Arizona Cardinals a lot of information to sort through as Ron Rivera and Cam Newton and company meet with the media and get ready for uh, next week's matchup so make sure to head over to Locked on Panthers and and give Steve Reed a listen. Okay, let's start with uh, some breaking news of sorts. Uh, this happened around 10.30 last night. I had to rewrite my rundown. I was about to go to bed, thought I had this show pretty much locked in, and then uh, this, is, you know, this is the NBA. You, you have these assumptions that you think uh, things are going to happen a certain way. You even get reports indicating that things can go a certain way, and then all of a sudden they don't. And so now here we are, the Hornets and Cody Zeller beat out the clock, agreeing to terms on a four-year extension off his rookie deal before a midnight deadline. The terms, according to the Vertical's Adrian Wojnarowski, four years, $56 million, a.k.a. $14 million per year for Cody Zeller. That would make him the second highest paid player on the team, just edging out Michael Kidd Gilchrist's $13 million per year. Now is a great time to remind you, I think, that the salary cap ballooned last offseason, causing new contracts to increase relative to that cap number. And the salary cap is due to go up again another $10 million next season, meaning you will continue to see contracts in this range or possibly higher before things start to finally settle down and the cap starts to go up incrementally as it had um, before this past summer. So we're going to go much more in-depth on this when I have my my buds here, David and Justin. We're going to talk about what the salary cap situation looks like for the Hornets next season and maybe the next season beyond that and what this means for the rest of the team and what and we'll make some make some judgment calls on whether this was a good deal or a bad deal. I won't speak for David or Justin. I will say I'll give you a little preview of what I think about this deal. I think if you take this deal on its own and you you look at it for what it is, 4 years, 56 million dollars, 14 million dollars a year for a player in Cody Zeller who is still improving. In just the first three games, he's only played 19 minutes per game as he recovers from that bone bruise injury, and he's scoring in double figures. He has 1.7 blocks per game. Uh, I don't don't know if that number is necessarily going to hold, but he has uh, done a good job in shot blocking off the bench and starting, and he is a utility player in that respect. You can play him off the bench. He has no problem coming off the bench and contributing as he did in that in that first game back 15 points or excuse me 17 points off the bench and he can start as well and and he doesn't need the ball so he is a great utility player in that respect um his range shooting still needs to improve greatly but you know he's one of, I hate the word solid I'm not a big fan of the word solid when we talk about players like oh he's a solid player because it doesn't accurately I don't think it, it it's just a placeholder word in my mind it doesn't really describe anything other than yeah he's pretty good okay well okay why is he pretty good 
versus why is he not great or why is he not terrible? So I gave you a few things there that are are past the solid, but he is at this moment a solid player. And I don't know. I'm I'm fairly sure that his ceiling is not a great player. I, I think he's got some room to improve, and we've already seen his pick and roll game has gotten even better because he's so quick. He, I, I, you know, he put on a lot of weight in the off season and to get stronger, to be able to bang inside and and rebound a little better. But he he somehow has really not lost that quickness that made him uh, such an asset to have on offense at the five spot against other centers. So he has some great qualities. And I think if you take this deal on, on its own, it's a good deal. 14 million is the new 9 million, you know, in the, in the previous cap. So that's a good number for a guy like Cody Zeller, I think. And, you know, the, the Hornets, they're, they're not necessarily guaranteed a player, even of Cody Zeller's stature in free agency. You know, we worry about, well, can the Hornets go out and get a star in free agency? Well, normally no. But can they get even, you know, quality players and compete with with other mid-markets and other major markets to acquire players of, of Cody Zeller's ilk? Sometimes the answer is no, especially in a weak free agent market. And that's what we're projected to have when you get past some of the big names in, in free agency next year. The, the market looks a little thin. And that's why you've seen uh, Giannis got extended. CJ McCollum got extended. Steven Adams got extended. And some of these guys for $100 million. Steven Adams got $100 million. Giannis got $100 million. Victor Oladipo got $84 million, I believe. Dennis Schroeder got extended. Gorgie Jang got extended for $64 million over four years. So that's, you know, if you talk about a deal and a player that's a little relative to Cody Zeller, there's your guy, Gorgie Jang, in Minnesota. And the Hornets got Cody Zeller for less, and you could argue Cody Zeller a better overall player. Gorgie, a better shot blocker. I don't necessarily think he's a better scorer. And then Rudy Gobert, $100 million. So here's why I think, okay, on the surface, good deal. Here's why I'm a little hesitant about this deal. Because when you when you take a look at it relative to the other contracts on the team, the Hornets only blew open the doors to the vault for Nick Batum. But over the past several seasons, they've spent a lot of money. And if players don't continue, yeah, we just talked about, oh, Michael Jordan has this reputation of being a of being cheap and people, because you, you hear stories about, about his and, and stories that are you, impossible to corroborate. And you hear them from guys like Charles Barkley about how Michael Jordan, not a great tipper tiger woods, you know, he's wrapped up into that bundle of play of, of former greats or greats that are cheap and then people extrapolate that, people take that and and pin that on on Jordan's ability to run a franchise and they think he's cheap and may not wouldn't shell out money. But if you look, the Hornets have shelled out a lot of cash in that twelve 
to $14 million range over several years. And they've really locked themselves into this core. And if you fully believe in this core of players, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Marvin Williams, Kimba Walker, Nick Batum, and now add Cody Zeller to that, who have two, three, four years left on their deals. If you fully believe in that core over the next four years, then you love this deal. You, you love continuity because it's Cody Zeller will probably improve, but having him along with Nick Batum, Kemba Walker, Marvin Williams, Michael Kidd Gilchrist all together, they could improve as a, as a unit greatly because they're all together playing together, learning each other, knowing each other. And you have that sort of same familiarity that the Los Angeles Clippers have like the Los Angeles Clippers are, are barring injury are not going to be a bad team because they have talent. They have superstar talent, which you need to be great in the West, but they have talent and they have familiarity. Now the Hornets again, don't have the superstar talent, but they have Talent that works well with one another, and now they're building a sense of continuity. And what I think is they're building, you know, 45 to 50 win kind of team continuity. But if Cody Zeller does not improve, if the range shooting does not come, if Michael Kidd Gilchrist continues to be an injury concern, then you've really cash-strapped this team for the next three to four years. And I don't know if you've got a lot of flexibility. Like right now, just looking in the immediate future, you don't have enough money to bring back Roy Hibbert. So if Roy Hibbert continues to have a great year, that guy's hitting the door, and you've got no shot to re-sign him. And we'll get into the, we'll get into the numbers but uh, oh, tonight on the show, 6 p.m., by the way, youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets, locked on Hornets live. So we'll have more on that. But let's 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 move away from that for a second, because uh, we have to talk about some of these injuries, injury concerns on the Hornets right now. Very familiar territory that we're about to get into. Jeremy Lamb will be sidelined at least one to two weeks with a strained left hamstring. He'll be reevaluated sometime in that window. Lamb suffered the injury on Saturday against the Boston Celtics. Head coach Steve Clifford called the injury pretty significant and said that Jeremy Lamb couldn't even walk. Reserve point guard Brian Roberts suffered a similar hamstring issue during camp, and they were very careful bringing him back into the fold, telling you that one, re-injury is a concern with these hamstring deals, and two, These type of injuries can linger far past the initial prognosis. So yes, he will be reevaluated in one to two weeks, probably closer to two weeks, but that doesn't mean that he'll immediately be back. So injury concerns for this Hornets team. At practice on Monday, Hornets guard Nick Batum praised Jeremy Lamb's effort in both uh, the preseason and training camp and the regular season in those few games that he was able to play. It's a huge loss for us. The guy got to step up. You know, new guys got a guy maybe like Aaron and Trevion that are going to need to 
step up like Marco and myself, so we'll be all right, but it's going to be huge loss for us. Wing play has not been a strength for the Hornets so far in these opening three games. Marco Bellinelli, Nick Batum, both struggling to produce consistent offense. I mean, a lot of help has come from Jeremy Lamb off the bench, from Cody Zeller off the bench and starting. And Kimball Walker had had a big scoring night uh, on Saturday. So yes, the wing players have to step up. I mean, maybe you get a guy like Travion Graham involved to see if you can find another Jeremy Lamian spark. I don't know. We'll have to see. All right. The injury comes on the heels of getting Frank Kaminsky back from the training room. He came off the bench to play 24 important minutes, both at the four and the five, because of the injury to Roy Hibbert. He'll have to continue to that to do that because I don't believe Roy Hibbert will be available on Wednesday against the Philadelphia 76ers. He was the leading scorer off the bench with 11 points, adding four rebounds and three assists. He was finding his way a little bit on Saturday, at least in the early going. Um, you know, early on in the game, you know, my body felt like I hadn't really done much uh, in, in a week. Um, but you know, as the game went on, I felt more and more comfortable and. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to get a couple practices under my belt before we, we really get going. So we have a listener question from Dwayne who asks, prior to injury news, he asked this question prior to injury news to Roy Hibbert and Jeremy Lamb, but I think it's important for when they both return uh, to answer this question. So Dwayne asks, should Frank start over Marvin? If he does, we could have Cody and Marvin coming off the bench, which would give us more offensive punch in the second unit. Uh, thanks for the question, Dwayne. So again, he asks this question in the context of the team being completely healthy. And and if they're completely healthy, okay, I, I'm not, just from what I've seen from Frank so far in, in that game on Saturday, we'll have to continue to see how he develops defensively because from what I saw, and maybe it's true what he said, he's you know kind of getting back into the swing of things, maybe against Philadelphia, against Brooklyn. We're going to see him play a little better defensively. But from what I saw uh, and and others on, on Twitter and the like have seen, um, his, his footwork continues to be an issue. He's a little slow to react on, on some of these pick-and-roll coverages. And it allowed Boston on several possessions to get penetration. I posted one of the plays on our Twitter, uh, at Locked on Hornets, it allows teams to get penetration, and once they're there, they can, uh, best case scenario, they put up a tough layup when you have good interior def- defenders on the court. And then worst case scenario, they they find the kick out and the open three-point shot. Boston knocked it down with with crazy efficiency. And sometimes teams are able to do that. Sometimes they're not. It really hurt the Hornets against Boston. That's my concern with putting Frank in the starting lineup. Not only that, but I I, I look at the rebound numbers, and they still aren't coming uh, through. And Marvin has done an exceptional job on that starting unit. And you have to remember, you go with the at the end of the day, you got to go. This team might go heavy starters. They might have to, just because of some things that are lacking in the second unit. And so you want to play, you know, your best players. And I think that Marvin, better than Frank, and better rebounder, especially. 
and they may need that, especially if, if Roy Hibbert isn't able to come back for an extended period of time. It doesn't look like that's the case. It looks like Roy Hibbert could get back in there fairly soon. But if that knee injury lingers or if it gets re-injured, then you're going to need that rebounding on the first unit. And Marvin provides that. So again, I think this is a situation, Dwayne, long-term. Could I see that happening? Sure. Short-term, this season? I don't think so. I think Frank still has a lot to work on, a lot to develop. I think his body still has to develop a little bit. I think he still has to go through a little bit of what Cody Zeller is continuing to go through, which is strengthening, strengthening the upper body and and becoming a better rebounder. I think that's what we're seeing. We had another listener question late last week from Allen. Allen writes, great win in Miami. As analysts, what is the most important talking point? The fact that we came back to win from 19 down or that we held the heat to 14 points in the fourth quarter? Great question, Alan. Thank you. Uh, and as always, guys, you can you can submit your question on Twitter at Locked on Hornets or if it's a longer question, email it to us, buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. It was a great win in Miami, and I think both of those were were really great things. But 19 down for me, coming back from 19 down, was the the exceptional thing because I think when you look back at that fourth quarter, Alan, the 14 points had a lot to do with the youth and the inexperience of a lot of the Miami Heat players who were on the floor in the first half of that fourth quarter, a.k.a. before the Miami Heat brought back in Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside because once that happened the the Miami Heat offense really picked it up and made a mini run that the Hornets had to stifle at the end of the game. And, you know, Miami was playing a little too fast. Justice Winslow, who's not a great offensive player, was really dominating the ball and taking a lot of shots. So I think that's why they ended up scoring 14. I really look at Spolster and I wonder, like, maybe it's just a sort of beginning of the season thing, but I was wondering, like, why is he not bringing back Hassan Whiteside? I mean, they had a chance to win that game. So... I just I think that was more on Miami than than the Hornets. But coming back from 19 points down took a certain fight. It took a certain resolve, both from the starting unit and the reserves. It came after they lost Roy Hibbert to injury, only played four and a half minutes in that game before having to sit out. And it came, here's the important part, it came without Steve Clifford having to call a timeout. That's pretty unusual. That showed a special, in my mind, it's unusual, that showed a special willingness to win that did not need to be dredged up. But instead, it was conjured by Kimball Walker, his leadership, his ability to take the big shot and make the big shot. He knocked down, he got this run started by knocking down a three off a great pick by Cody Zeller. And you also had Cody Zeller and Nick Batum working their pick-and-roll magic that we see that we saw so many times last season from these two to get Cody the N1 driving layup and, more importantly, draw that fourth foul on Hassan Whiteside that caused him to sit and allowed them to continue the 19-point 19, the 19 comeback. And then later on uh, in, in this comeback, Bellinelli got into the action. Others got into the action. For God's sakes, it had two successful... Spencer Hawes hook shots, starburst, hitting the hook shots 
So when you take all of that into account, I mean, I, I don't know what, what more could you ask for? I think it was a full team effort to come back from 19 down. I was extremely impressed with the fight that they showed because they could have easily and, and division games could have made the difference last season in seeding. And it's, it's nice to see them. And the, and the, here's the other point too. I mean, this game was extremely physical. This game was chippy. You had Goran Dragic and, and Kimball Walker getting into it. You had uh, Cody Zeller and Hassan Whiteside getting into it. I mean, Hassan Whiteside drove his ass into Cody Zeller while he was on the floor. I mean, it, it was a little bit of a respect issue. And so to have the Hornets band together and come back and not take it, not not sit down on the floor and take that kind of beating, I think shows a lot about what this team is is made of. And it could explain why this organization feels like bringing back Cody Zeller, keeping this core together long-term could be the right move for this franchise. All right, coming up tonight on Locked on Hornets Live, 6 p.m. First, we have a guest we are really excited about. He entertains us, he informs us, and we know for a fact that you get a real kick out of him. He's Hornets play-by-play man, Eric Collins, and he'll join us on the Locked On line. And we've got our question of the show, which you can comment and answer right now via Twitter at Locked on Hornets or email buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. The question is, should the Hornets have extended the man we just talked about as being key to that 19-point comeback against the Miami Heat, Cody Zeller, Zeller getting the four-year, $56 million deal from the Charlotte Hornets? We'll have your answers and our thoughts, plus Eric Collins, plus... David is going to talk some sneakers all coming up at 6 o'clock p.m. tonight on youtube.com slash locked on hornets or the at the hive Facebook page facebook.com forward slash at the hive. Do not miss a second of it. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. We just got two more five star reviews. So that makes 45 five-star reviews. Thank you so much to all of you who got out there and gave us a five-star review. And if you haven't yet, please do because it helps us continue to do the show because it helps our ranking go up and it helps other Hornets fans find us and experience this same great Hornets talk that you've been enjoying for several seasons now. For David and Justin, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. We'll see you tonight. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on caffeine and then go to Coke and Pepsi. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.